This episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast is brought to you by our proud sponsor, FND. FND, we're more than just clothing. We are the culture, we are the people, we are you. Visit us at FND.com. That's E F E N D E E.com. To save 10% on all purchases, use coupon code Samurai Pro at checkout. been a week sir it has been judging by that smirk on your face I, i'm willing to bet you got something you want to start off with that's gonna poke I, the bear no 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 actually i don't i don't i don't i don't have nothing really to to fuck with you about other okay. th- anything i would have said i think i said the other night when we were talking about spades I knew that's what it was. I knew you was trying to fuck with me. Uh, I wasn't falling for it. <laughs> I wasn't really, I wasn't necessarily trying to fuck with you. It was just like, how the fuck did Frank see seven books? That was the question at the table. It was just like, how the fuck Frank saw seven books? But see, that's why I had my wife send it to you. So <laughs> she showed it to me first. Rewind. So my wife shared an Instagram post where it shows a, a spades hand. And the question is, how many books do you see? So she looks at it. My wife plays spades online or whatever. She looks at it. She says, I think I see about five. How many do you see? She so- shows it to me. I say um, between five and seven. So we start looking through the comments, and the comments are saying people that are mostly fives. I'll say about 80% of the people are saying fives. A couple of people are saying fives. Depending on who your opponent is, you can squeeze seven out of there. I said seven before I read the comments. I'm like five to seven, somewhere around there. And uh, since I'm on the phone with you, we could talk about it. Uh, let me let me pull up the hand so I can read it to people. We'll we'll post it. We'll post it. Come on, we'll post it. Okay. You? All right. So I you said you wanted me to to say the seven, right? Did you not? I want you to tell me the seven cards that you are guaranteeing. Like, because when not guaranteeing, I said five who, to seven. When I play spades, I don't. I, especially when we bidding, I need I need the person, my partner, to know what's in their hand. So if you're going to say See, seven books... Nigga, this is why you're my partner on podcasting and not spades. I don't take spades as seriously as y'all do. That's why I didn't answer the question via text, because I knew it was going to come to this. So the seven I counted was the Big Joker, Little Joker, Ace of Clubs, uh, Ace of Spades, I'm sorry, Big Joker, Little Joker, Ace of Spades, Ace of Diamond, uh, King of Diamond, um, if you play the clubs early, maybe you could get that 10 of clubs, and... 10 of clubs? Yeah, if you play it early, you only got one. If you only got one club, that means the other people probably got a bunch of clubs, so if you play it early, you could probably get away with it. 
No, nigga, because if other people got clubs, then that tenor club gonna get ate by the ace of the king. See that right there? That right, we don't even gotta go no further. That right there, I'd be so mad with you. <laughs> then fight me, then, nigga. Damn, <laughs> my face would turn. I'd be looking at the, I'd be looking at Frank like. This nigga, is why I never play with seven. y'all. You said if you say seven, I'm banking on you having seven. And this is why we never play space together in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That right there, that right there, we'd have had a problem. That man said, "If you play early, you st- what? What's your what's your game of choice? Card game? Yeah, card game, Talk- dominoes, whatever it is. Dominoes. I play dominoes. All right. So you like you you know you be counting and all of that. Like dominoes is your shit. Yes. I'll never fuck with you in dominoes. If that's your thing, sir, you the man. But I bet not never see you on a spade table. <laughs> Tell me when have you? You're right. Cause, exactly. Cause Keep Darren, it at that. Darren was with me and he was like, Frank went to Jackson. I seen the video. <laughs> I seen the video. We ain't got to talk about what Darren did. I seen the video. Because you went to Jackson. And and we know during our time, Spades was like the, the pastime there. If, it, if you weren't, if you weren't practicing or whatever, whatever. During the day, Spades was it. During the week, Spades was it. So, for you to be like, not sure, and and I said, Fr- Spade I said Frank was it never for played y'all. with like us. Like I said, so Frank in never the played pa- with us. It wasn't a center patio. On the east patio in that in that courtyard where all the tables was, First y'all one. had maybe three or four Spades tables going. There was one table where they knew these niggas here really knew how to play. That was the table you, Darren, and Chris, and all of them sat at. And the other tables was like your intermediate tables. You never see me at any one of those tables. I always hung out in by Mr. Jenkins' class, cracking jokes. That was me. I was never at the spades table. I played spades with people who didn't take spades seriously. Because if I fucked around and renege, I'd be damned if you wanted to try to fight me. Yeah, you don't be a renege. I'll let you be a nigga, but don't be a re-nigga. Like, come on. I remember one time I was at a party, and these niggas wanted to play space, and there was a man short. So they was like, oh, come on, man. We a man short. Just come play a quick hand. I was like, nah. They was like, come on, man. We need a hand. All right, cool. I played. Didn't realize these niggas took the shit very seriously, and I fucked around the re-nigga. And they was like, hold on. They got the counting books, and they realized it was my hand that played out of hand and caused the re-nigga. And my partner started looking at me crazy. I ain't know these niggas too well, but I had every inkling in me to think that, man, I'm trying to fight this nigga. I don't even know him. And I ain't even want to play the damn game. Yeah. I don't fuck with Spades. I don't know what it is about Spades and niggas, but y'all take that shit so seriously. Why? It's, it's, I I don't know, man. It's like a rite of passage. It, it almost boggles me that you don't know how to play it. I know how to play it. I don't play it well. It's no, a difference. No, 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 no. No. If you renege, it means you don't know how to play. Or if you renege and get caught, it means you don't know how to cheat when you play space. So like either way, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. You know what I'm saying? You know who you are? You know who you are? You Smush Parker. I'm Kobe Bryant. You Smush Parker. Like, I can't trust you with the ball in your hand. You're supposed to be the point guard. I can't trust you with the ball in your hand. In all sincerity, Marvin, kiss my ass. (laughs) 
Oh man, I wasn't even gonna start with that, but I mean, it's it it boggled my mind because I was like, dog, Frank was there, but really, I did never see Frank play spades with us like that. I was in the vicinity. I never played because I knew how seriously y'all took it. Because this this is how it is. I would have played. I would have probably did some shit stupid on the space table. Y'all niggas got to run in y'all mouth. And I mean, we young. We stupid. We y'all had, had to, to run fight. in y'all mouth. I would have got in my feelings. <laughs> and before that, it would have ended up in a fist fight. I could have guaranteed it. I fought for much dumber shit in my life. I could have guaranteed it would have ended up in a fist fight between friends. So to avoid all that, I never played. And you know what? I can't fault you for that. That's a... You know, sometimes you got to know your position. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got to know, hey, that ain't for me. Right. Like, I'm 5'8". I don't care how good I thought I might have been on the court. Playing in high school, that wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? I just knew that wasn't going to be a thing for me. I'm too short for that shit. It wasn't going to work. <laughs> exactly. You, you just got to know your lane. Space wasn't my lane. And, and that's... If y'all want to play dominoes, I play dominoes with you. All right. All right. But spades, I'm going to stay away from that. Okay. Because it's a professional sport in black in, in black culture. So It is. It is. Most definitely. Like, niggas come out of retirement to play spades. Like, that's how you feel. Like, when you come, when you play spades after, like, not playing for a while, you feel like, let me put my jersey back on. Let me stretch. Let me, let me work out the mental muscles again. Some people won't play spades unless they partner is there. It'll be somebody that they not even that cool with, but they know I trust this person in spades. Like, fuck him and everything else in life. But in spades, he a cool nigga, so I'm not going to play unless he's here and vice versa. I got two it's solid serious. partners. If, it ain't, if it's for money and those two people aren't there, I can't play with you. I can't play you see, with you. You one of them people. I can't play I with you. I get it. I can't. I get if it enough money to understand line, that I ain't, I'm around, not there. If we just playing around, sure. Even then, I might still get mad. But if it's money on the line, I got a fucking problem. I, I no, I can't. I don't, I can't play. I can't play about that. But why so serious though? Money's on the line, bro. No, no, I'm not talking it's about your the pride. money. I'm talking about the shits and giggle. If you. If y'all just playing just to play, no money on the line. Why y'all? Why is it's like there's no there's no on and off switch. Like if you a spades player, it's like you on ten all the time. It's either you on ten or you on ten with money on the line. There's no other. There's no fluctuating. We take the, we take the game serious. That's the problem. You don't take the why? game serious. It's always game seven for y'all. It's, it's a never, professional sport. I just there's told no you preseason. That. No, there's no. There's no non-conference rival. There's none of that shit. It's game seven. NBA finals every day, all day. I play light when I'm playing with the kids. Like when you see LeBron and them at the little camps with the kids learning to play ball and they just pack the ball away. You know what I'm saying? I play light when it come with the kids. But you're an adult, okay? I doubt that. I could easily see you telling a shorty, oh, you reneged. Them three books mine. Oh, no. Because you got to teach them. You got to teach shorty them. Shorty crying. Shorty snot coming out. Nah, them three bucks mine. You lost. I could see it. When Fahim gets older, you gonna let him score on you? No, he got to earn it. Exactly. You gotta earn this shit, bro. You gotta know when you when you renege, you gotta feel that. 
Them three mine. Your whole you <laughs> thought you was gonna win. Your whole game is fucked. Give me them. One, two, three. Give me them three. Bomb. I'ma just take them right off. No, don't worry about it. They're mine. They mine now. You don't got let it go. You can feel away. I get you, and guess what? I bet you won't do it again. I bet you won't do it again. Cause at that point, the shorty gonna throw the juice box at your head. I wish he would. <laughs> I wish you would try. Try it if you want to. Try it See, if you want to. It's ten. It's all y'all always ready to go. How you just said he got to earn that shit. You're not gonna let Fahim score. He shouldn't score his first basket on you unless you just happen to like you got a lame knee or some shit. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You mean that shit. If, bruh, if Fahim is making layups on you, I'm going to look at you like, damn, Frank. He's not making layups on me. The only time he make layups on me when my knees finally give out and I can't chase. If my knees working a little bit and I can take the angle away, he ain't making no layups on me. All right. That's what I'm saying. He going to develop a mean step back game, if anything. Yep. I'm, you better pat that shit, too. That nigga, <laughs> you right there, bah, and you make him go get the ball, cause that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. That is how you raise it these kids, character. right? When you put it that way, I get the analogy wholeheartedly. I do. That's right, cause we're not raising losers. I'm not gonna raise you to be reneging and thinking you could get. A, oh, I'm gonna be nice and get away with it. No, you gonna get around somebody's table off my name, a uh, Adams off my name, and you gonna embarrass me? You out here reneging in front of people? <laughs> Nah, kid, don't even ever tell people I taught you how to play spades. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That's why I don't, I don't teach, like, even, even as adults, I know people who, like, teach me how to play spades. Fuck no. No. If you ain't learn, it's like, it's like you want to get in the NBA? You got to start from young. I'm not you know, going to teach you that's another thing. I've never saw anyone teach another person how to play spades. They are, at the very most, they'll say, just watch us play. And hope you pick it up that way. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. They when they get do what to ask you, used to do. You used to just watch, eat your little cheese, Papa John's pizza, and watch niggas play. When you watch the way, exactly. That's all I did in that area. And that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get on the. You don't get on the court until you're ready. You don't sit at the table until you're ready. Go find you some, like you said, go find one in the little intermediate, the, 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 damn, can I not say a word? Damn, I'm feeling like Frank today. I'm about to say you took a page out of my book. The little intermediate, intermediate the little intermediate tables. Go sit with one of them. Renig over there where ain't no money on the line. You know what I'm saying? At worst, you're going to get a little scolding. A nigga might call you a name or two. That's it. Go over there with that. <laughs> over here, I need you to be ready to play. It's money on the line. Nigga, this is my lunch money. Mom's only gave y'all me 20 didn't for the eat week. Y'all lunch because y'all spent your whole time playing spades. No. See, this is where you wrong. This is where you wrong. When we was at the spades table, we had a runner. Hey, uh, I shoot it to my dog. Okay. Hey, he'd be like, hey, what you want? Da-da-da-da-da. What are, all he asked for? 50 cents so he could get a cookie. Bomb, you got it. Give me a pizza and a soda. Sun kiss. <laughs> That's it. See, the problem was, <laughs> the problem was you ain't know. See, the, the main table, you had, we had a, like, hey, bro, go get here, go get everybody lunch. 
I, I, I knew I had to get to the table first because I had to get down. How y'all used to get to that table so damn fast? You briskly walk. Like, I'm, I'm going to get there. Nigga, y'all classes used to be on the West Campus. How the hell y'all still made it there in time? No, nah, because, you know, you had East Side was first lunch, West Side was second lunch. Nah, by the time we were seniors, everybody had lunch at the same time. Nigga, we was that was playing from eleventh grade. I don't know what you're talking about. That that spades table was 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 solidified in eleventh grade. That was oh, no, all. I know. Yeah, I know. Junior year, I know, I understand. We had two lunches, so yeah, it was easy for y'all to make that make it there in time because we was already on that side of the campus. I'm talking about senior year when everybody let out at the same time. It was two separate sets of yeah. tables because you, uh, you okay. used to have a west side because second lunch used to have its own table. So you you could either make it over there or you make it over here. You know the professionals played on the east on the east side, so you try yeah, to make yeah, it over was, there. That was top dog. Yeah. Now it was a okay. second tier. It was a second tier league over there on the on the west side. But you did what west? you had to do. See, I ain't know them niggas. Nah, I fuck with them. Em. Niggas I wasn't with my em. peers. I fuck with them when I had a second lunch. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got that deep into that, but ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs. Welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, the podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table, and we chop it up. Episode 99, doing it for the 99 and the 2000s. I'm your host, Marvin, Young Saint, Charles Flex Xavier, That Man Beyond, and the man to the right of me can only be. The same dude from last week and the week before. Quite frankly, I'm half Samurai Pro, half FND, so talk nice when you see me. I stay wildin'. I don't resort to violence. I'm on resorts and islands. Check the gram, fam, in case you thought I was lying. To be frank, I can only be who I say I be. The F and F and D, one half of this P.O.D. Who else but me? It's Frank. Let's chop it up. The crazy thing is, y'all heard me say it. I have it memorized, and I'm watching him read it. Like, it's crazy to me. I have it memorized. It's not even my shit. Dude, I have so much going on in my brain, I try not to memorize shit anymore. I need Back you. in the days, I used to memorize 24 numbers. Now, I'm lucky if I could pull three out the hat. 24 numbers? Like phone numbers? Yeah, I used to, dude, I used to have so many numbers memorized. Now, forget it. Let's see. I got my work number. Every time I forget extensions. <laughs> like, at work, I forget my old extension. So when you're dialing... Like uh, within your network, do you have to dial just the four numbers to reach yeah, the just person the four you're numbers. trying to reach? Five now. It's five numbers. But yeah. Okay. So you pick up your phone, hit five numbers, and you could call anybody within your network, right? Yeah. And then if you wanted to dial out the network, you got to press like nine, then the area. No, no, no. You just dial the regular like number. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah, man, I can't. I honestly, I don't remember. Anyone's number. I I remember one girl was so offended I didn't remember her. She like I she called me and I had got a new phone and she was like, Oh, you ain't recognize my number? I was like, No, whenever your name come up, it just say Michelle. So yeah. like, you actually all... just said her name? No, I made that up. But no, oh, okay. I, like, I'm about to say I... that's not like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. <that. laughs> but it was like, it was like, it just say your name. Like I right, why am I supposed to remember that? Once you gave it to me, why am I supposed to have it memorized? She was like, in case of an emergency. You're not an emergency contact. <laughs> why am I calling you? <laughs> and she was cool, but like on the list of people that would need to be called, you were down here. I know my mother's number. 
I know my number. I know my sister's number. Why? Because we all on the same bill and I see the three of them often. Other than that, if they can't reach them, I'm dead. <laughs> so, right. Like, Basically. It is what it is. Who? What numbers you have memorized left? Do uh, you memorize your, your wife's number? My wife's number? Is it similar to yours? Number. No. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's not similar to mine. Uh, it's just, it, it has a rhythm to it with, like, she has the number four in her number a few times. So if you, you say it in a rhythm, okay. you could, I get it's, you. it's I easy get to you. remember. Y'all not and on then a my family mother plan? number, because she had it, huh? You and your wife Say not what? on a family plan? We are. But, oh. I mean, the bill is automatically deducted out of my account, so I don't see the bill all the time. Uh, no, I only ask you that because I, I'm i never leaving my family plan, even when I have a family. So I just find it oh. interesting. I just wanted to know. Yeah, me and her been on the family plan even before we got married. Like, while we were still dating, we got on a joint plan well, together. that makes sense. That makes sense. Y'all was already... Y'all yeah. was already together together for a couple years at that point not even me and my wife got engaged before we hit our one year anniversary (laughs) and that's easy for you to say and I like that for you (laughs) (laughs) we were talking about high school that whole beginning but I saw this I saw a meme earlier this week and it had like this idea, and I thought it was super interesting. It was, it said, BET should do a 106 and Park reunion. Maybe give it like two weeks. Like give it like two weeks. They should do, they should bring back Free and AJ to host it. And then you can you can have Terrence and Roxy. Cause I mean, other than T- Free and AJ, Terrence and Roxy are the the next. Like they were the heir parents. Like they they took it over and they they rocked it. Now you had your other host in between. I'm about to say. Bow Wow no, 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 is no, no, not no. as high as Free and AJ and Terrence and Roxy, he's but Bow Wow should get some credit. No, I no, mean, he's gonna, he's gonna, like, Bow Wow gonna get in the idea. They would do, they would interview some talent, they would interview talent who were famous between the 2000s and the 2010s, like during their time. Mm-hmm. And they would do a countdown of the top 100 videos all the way to one. So that's why I say it took about two weeks. Right. Give them about two weeks. They do a top 10. You know what I'm saying? And then they have, they bring back a Freestyle Friday. Like. The legends. The legends like come back. And Blind Fury. Man, Blind and Fury. And Poster Boy. Like, dude, saying those names brings goosebumps. Yeah, but man. I remember. Um, so when they used to do Freestyle Friday, I remember when they first started, like the first champion was Poster Boy. And he got signed by Master P like on the spot, like when he became champion master, because it was always like a rapper who was the judge or whatever. Well, one of the judges. And this time when he became champion, Master P was there. And then they were, he won, he beat the guy, whatever. And Master P was like, no, I'm finna sign him right now. And back then it was a big thing. You give somebody the chain of your label or whatever. And Master P put the No Limit chain on him. And after that, we didn't really hear from Poster Boy anymore. <laughs> but like right like after that- Like many of the mother niggas. <laughs> right. But right after that, he had a, a song that went, right now we would call the term viral, but back then it's just, it was popular. It was, especially like on one of those torrent sites where you could download like LimeWire. He had a song called Jurassic Harlem. Matter of fact, it fits on, um, if it's on Apple Music, that's going to be my old school joint of the day. 
And that song was fire. <laughs> nigga, what but that was the last that, thing I heard on? from him. The old school Say what? joint of the day. What podcast is this nigga on? <laughs> what podcast? 99 <laughs> episodes, nigga. <laughs> what podcast are you on? It's not here. Good, because I'm so glad. I was praying I didn't have to add that to my phone. <laughs> I'm so glad. Wait. Nope, it's not here. Yeah, it's not. You're lucky. Anyway, but I think it's a good idea, and and I think BET should do that. It, it probably would garner, like, and then they could promote some of the other shows that are out there that they have going on, because I don't think I don't think eyes are on BET right now. BET should do that. Is BET going to do that? No. Even if BT heard you say it and speak of all the positives of bringing something like that to the forefront would bring for the network, would it do something like that? Absolutely not. Because the people who run BET don't care about the culture that BET once, once represented. BET is owned by the same company that, is, that owns MTV, is Viacom. That's the parent company of all those networks. And... Just like with MTV. Everything that made MTV what it was is no longer that. It's a shell of its former self. Um, BT had such good programming. It had 106 and Park was pretty much the pinnacle. Then you had shows like Rap City to Basement where these rappers would come in, kick... Like, the way dudes kick freestyles for Funk Master Flex, they used to do that for Big Tig in the basement. Some of the best... Some of your rappers' favorite verses came from the basement. You know? And I mean, it was great interviews. You don't have that anymore. You had hits from the streets who used to pull pranks and shit. And then, of course, he would show his videos. You don't have that no more. You had, the other day, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about online avatars and shit. BET was probably one of the first networks that had an avatar as the host. Miss Sita's World. They don't have that no more. And, like, all those things are stuff we identified with, stuff that helped bring us up, stuff that we fell in love with. Comic View. Don't have that no more. They, after a while, they cut all those programs and they never updated. They never adjusted with the time. They just removed it and they just started playing reruns of shit that was once cool, but now we no longer give a fuck about, like Real Husbands of Hollywood. I, and I, that's what it's become. I hear you. Uh, I think the demand for that type of space is gone. And I think that's a major issue. I think... Cl- clarify. I uh, I think the demand for the space of music videos is different now because the world wants everything on demand. The space for you to hear a five-minute interview from your favorite rapper, we don't need that because when people want to talk, they can go directly to their phone and talk directly to their audience. A lot of times, that was the only time I got to hear what Lil Wayne's voice was like outside of when he was rapping. Other than that, you didn't really see it because Wayne's not an interview. He didn't do interviews like that. Now, if you want, and most people with interviews now, nobody wants a quick five-minute interview. That's why late-night shows somehow stay alive, but it's not due to the culture. Our culture really don't support them late-night shows like that because we prefer long-form interviews. If you're going to do an interview, go sit down with Nori. You want to do an interview, go sit down with Joe Budden. Go sit down with Angie Martinez. She has a new podcast, which is pretty fire. You should listen to it. Um, go sit down with Van. Like, there's places where you can now go, go sit down with Charlemagne. There's places now where you can go sit down and, and really get a feel for who an artist is 
directly than the little five, 10 minute space where somebody come and promote their new music video to get their ball rolling. The music videos are an add on now. It's not what really propels the song. It used to be the main driver of songs. It's not that anymore. If it wasn't a, if it wasn't an avenue for music videos anymore, people wouldn't create them anymore. Music videos are still created. And if you look at YouTube, they still get views. So there's still an avenue for it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not an avenue. I'm saying it's not a major driver anymore. It might, let's say, yeah, okay. It's not a major driver. Let's say now when it comes to culture music, the major driver are podcasts and in that type of platform, right? There's those those pod, every one of those podcasts you name are on the network. There's the Joe Budden network. There's the Loudspeaker network. There's the Black Effect network. There is no reason with the position BET was in that BET couldn't be the network for all of those outlets. You get what I'm saying? That could when I said they never replaced it, they never evolved with the time. That's what I mean. When they got rid of those shows, the things that replaced it, when radio and TV, I'm not gonna say died, but when when they transitioned, when people started to transition from those mediums and wanted to consume content and wanted something more on demand, you could have easily said, okay, people are filling podcasts. What podcast that fits our narrative or fits our our culture? You know what? Let's take Nori's podcast. Let's take Joe Button's podcast. Let's take Van. Let's take a horrible decisions, right? Their podcast, their show, let's say it's three hours. We can take a 30 minute, the same way you put one minute clips on YouTube, we can cut up 30 minutes of, of Nori's podcast, put it on the show, and then say, hey, if you want to catch the rest of this interview, tune in to uh, Nor- Noriega's podcast on BT Network, whatever, yeah. and then you can play the rest. And that way, people who fuck with Nori are going to go to the podcasting network and listen to them. People who aren't really aware of Nori, they may catch it on BET because BET already has such a broad audience. They can catch that 30 minutes. That might be enough for them, or it might intrigue them enough to go listen to the rest of that podcast on Noriega's platform. You get what I'm saying? Like, there was a way to evolve with it. They chose not to do so. I agree. I agree, but... And I think you also brought up, you also brought up Viacom. Viacom's main focus isn't that. Because if you notice, there's no, Viacom's whole thing, there's no music videos being played anywhere across their networks. We're talking, we're talking MTV, one and two. <laughs> we're talking BET, VH1. VH1 used to have the, the, the good early morning. They used to have like the little 6 a.m. to like 10 a.m. They used to play nothing but videos. Like there used to be all of these different places where, where you could go see that, and that's not needed right now. Like you even brought up Nori. Nori's on Revolt, smart on Diddy to do exactly what you said. Take take pieces of, of Nori's podcast and put it out. I think they're they're like hours, even though Nori records for about three hour sessions, but they're about an hour. So it's a it's a good. I hear you. But I think they've moved away where the people who would stop and listen to that, that's they're not that's not their core audience. VH1 is totally right. tailored to mess. Like that's what VH1 is totally tailored to. MTV is tailored to people who watch the challenge. I mean, ridiculousness is on for like 12 hours a day. Um which is and Nick Cannon. 
Like, those are the three people keeping those networks alive. <laughs> like, honestly, think about it. There's nothing else on that channel. I can't tell you a time I've turned on that channel and something else has been on. I guarantee if I turn it on right now, unless I go to MTV2, who's probably playing reruns of Martin. Okay. I think in our generation, people, especially people born between 1980 to, let's say, 91, if you will, the most pivotal channels that we've gravitated to Viacom owns. MTV, Nickelodeon, BET, uh, Comedy Central. Uh, of course, you know, you got bigger networks like Paramount and shit like that, but those first few stations I named were a station that was geared towards people in our generation. And those channels had such great content. Nickelodeon put out the best cartoons. They even had shows like all that, that, that birth comedians that are like, like Kenan, Kenan Thompson, who's been the longest running member of Saturday Night Live. He came from Nickelodeon. You have shows like, I mean, channels like MTV that had shows like The Real World, Road Rules, and so forth. BET, we just went down a list of the shows they had. That produced such good content, and that was in a, a a trajectory of being basically our eyes and ears to the world around us. Because you even had, I want to say, at one point, MTV even had a a a, a, a cha- uh, not a channel, but a a show that talked about world news, what was going on around the world, which, which was interesting. Because we didn't watch CNN, we didn't watch MSNBC and shit like that. But that's the direction that was heading. We was getting older as people. Now politics and 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 policies was was now affecting the world around us. MTV started to to pay attention to that and started to feed us some of that content. BET did the same. BET even had a program that talked about news. It also gave us our other content too, but it also enlightened us a little bit about the world around us. Then around the time I want to say we was in high school and shit started to change. Those shows were scrapped. Now they started giving us reruns of bullshit. And I think that's, I have no proof of this, but it's just my thinking. I think all that shit was done deliberately. So, hey, don't inform these people on shit. We don't need them knowing nothing. Because the people that run these programs, it's to their benefit if you keep the people at the bottom uh, of society uninformed, and motivated you think in the who wrong direction. MTV and BET are at the bottom of the society. Uh, we're not in the one percent, and a lot of the content on those channels wasn't necessarily geared for middle America. It was geared towards the urban youth. Typically, those that that is that is geared towards middle America. Urban news. When I mean middle America, I mean middle income families. Like that's the content they're producing was not for middle income families. They're the people who consume it it the most, though. Their children, not the breadwinners. Okay, but I I think I think you you said something and you talked about the past. Um, I don't believe we're their core demographic. Who's there that you're referring to? BT, Viacom as CNN, a whole, Viacom as a whole, not as a whole, but certain networks geared to a core demographic. You said Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon gears towards a core demographic. Those are children. You said 
BT. I don't think BT is geared towards you and me as a core demographic. As men, I don't think BT is is focused on men as a core demographic. I don't I think disagree. VH1. I, I don't think VH1 is geared towards men as a core demographic. If I had time, I would do research. There was a show on BET that was geared towards men. It what's, was a show. It, what's the it show? had a. Go ahead. What's the show? It was a show. It was a talk show. It had four brothers talking, and it was about it was about black men and the shit they went through. It was it was it it necessarily didn't talk about mental health per se, but it'll talk about the struggles and how they dealt with it. And I specifically remember that show. On I guarantee you that the main demographic of people who watched that were women. From like but 18 to 39. it was a show for black men. No, no, no. Just because the show had four black men on it doesn't mean it was a no, show for four, black men. No, four, not F-O-U-R, F-O-R. It was for black men. It was I hear you, a- but I'm telling you, I guarantee you that the main people who watched that show were women, not men. Steve Harvey's book was geared towards women. Because some... because. Women do gravitate to hear from other men about relationships. I don't know what that is. And you're they, talking they, about like act like a lady, think like a man. Yes, stay with me. So they go to hear how men talk and think, so that they can understand their men. I guarantee you that the core demographic for that show was women and not men. What I'm saying. I don't disagree with your point. And it makes sense for women to watch that show. Because, again, if there's a show that, that, that gave a better insight to how women thought it and, and how women perceive things. You would watch that show. I would watch it. Even if that show is saying, no, this show is for the men. So it almost makes women feel like they're getting an inside to a conversation that they normally wouldn't be a part of. I'm telling you, the gear for that Honestly, show Honestly, that's was- why some women listen to our show. I get that. But I'm saying, the same way we talk about like my perspective as a married man and your perspective as a single man, and we talk about shit we go through, and we can even provide, we even help other dudes with, with things they're going through. Like I would say our show, although our show's for everybody, it's from the perspective of men that we help men with some of the things they may be going through. They can relate to us. However, it also benefits women to hear that, oh, okay, this is how the world is perceived from a male's perspective. However, it is a man's show. You get what I'm saying? Okay. And BET had that. Okay. But, but at but the same time, I'm talking I don't about the disagree overall with network. your point. The overall your... network is geared towards, I believe it's geared more towards women. From ages like 18 to 35. What people con- people considered the core demographic. I don't know. I Maybe you're right. I just felt that at one point you had a more mixed demographic. Because mm-hmm. they had 100%. content that was geared for everyone. Now, if the consumer was primarily women, then okay, cool. I get it. Whatever. I think it was probably be safe to assume that more women consume television than men. However, I think they made something for everybody. And I think over time, they were like, fuck it, we're not going to do this anymore. Especially for this particular demographic, you know. Because it's not just women, it's women and men of a certain sector. And I think that's what they didn't want to 
allocate funds to. That's what they didn't want to uh, support. Okay. Do you know that our audience is 67% female? I didn't know that. You don't share that data with me. <laughs> no, I just, it's interesting because I honestly, I hadn't thought about it until you said it. Um, our audience is 67% female. Um, does it show where they're listening from? Uh, the women specifically? I don't know. Let me try that. Like, it, That's actually show, only in the like, last 30 days. Let's here, say, here, 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 whatever. Let's say all time, all time it's even. So in the last 30 days, in the last, our content in the last 30 days has appealed more to women than it has to men. If you're just looking at the metrics. Interesting. Overall, we're about 50%. I think that's fair. That's fine. Just interesting stats. But I say all that to say that sometimes content can be said to be for one thing, but it's totally geared towards something else. And I think that's, I think where you do have, I believe part of your conspiracy of not keeping us as informed is probably partly true. We have to go to these other networks, which are probably owned by Viacom. Uh, some of them. They own a know, shit ton. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be better to you for you to direct the next generation to your station, which is only about news, instead of them going to where they already are for news. Because if we stay growing in this station, I, I hear you. Overall, should it change and all that? No. I hear you. It's the same company. They own everything. I know that's what you're going to say, but... No, no, no. What I was going to say... Um, how can I phrase this? I'll say this. My beef or my conspiracy is every generation is different with how they perceive and consume content. If you had one generation that is more, let's say, left-leaning and you're more of a right-wing organization, you're not going to fund that left-leaning organization or that left-leaning product that empowers or inform your left, your, your, your right-leaning crowd. If anything, you'll cut off the wings to that and then put dollars and effort into something like Fox News. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear you. That makes sense. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, MTV is a left-leaning organization. I would, I would, if I had to bet, why would I want to fund that? If I, if I, person who owns Viacom, is more of a right-leaning person, so I know if I defund this, the people who support this are going to be less informed and probably not care as much. I'll do just that. And then I'll put my dollars and efforts to things that support my personal agenda. But that's just me. Okay. No, I don't disagree. It makes sense. It makes sense. That's how you win. It's an information war. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why uh, Jeff Bezos bought the, what it was, the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos Are you bought aware the of Washington that? Post? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, he bought the Washington Post for $250 million. Mm. But this was in August in 2013. But still. He oh, so owns, he's, owned, he's been his. owned it. Yeah, he's had it for a while. It's going on almost 10 years now. Smart move. 
owning the Washington Post, who are probably super tapped into the government, nice to know certain things. It's it's not it's not his worst idea. <laughs> it's a quote. I for, and I, it's, I'm sorry I can't give the person credit who said it, but it's a quote that goes, "If you control the news, you control the people." Hundred percent. And it's I the same think, reason. It's the same reason that it's like the other quote where it's like, um, "The winners are the ones who write the history." Right. Exactly. Always, there's plenty of plenty of proof where the winners get to write the history. Like slavery was n- so minuscule in the history of America when we were growing up. Like, they put certain dates in there, but you only, you got to that part of the book. Like, in our history books, we get to it around the February mark of the school year. We talk about it for this little brief thing. We jump to we jump to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and then we'd be done, and we'd be on to the next shit. Right. That is how they would, that is how they would write that story. We would have a month long of Holocaust shit. But when it came to slavery, we would barely talk about it. And You know... And they want to remove that from schools. People like DeSantis and Governor Greg Abbott in Texas, you do understand they want to change the word slave to involuntary migration. Speaking to involuntary migration, Frank with the segues, my nigga. Like, I'm... (laughs) You're one right now. I don't know if everyone's heard, but I'm I'm sure you've heard by now. Um, Greg Abbott... DeSantis, they were a part of, what would you call this? An asshole coalition. I know, because asshole's too nice. I was listening to Trevor Noah, and he's like, they can't be asshole, because asshole's like too nice. Because everybody can be an asshole. They're like the ridges of the asshole that catch the shit. That's what he said. It's like the little ridges. <laughs> That's how he described it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's them. They the reason why you got why you like that is you, very specific. He's like they the reason. That's the reason why you got to keep wiping. You know what I mean? Like you got to like God, every time you look back at the the paper, it's like damn, still some more shit. It's because of them. It'll always be some shit because of them. They're the type of people that make you lose faith in this country because they do such vile and mean shit to people, and then you see people supporting them, and it's like oh, we ain't come far at all. So to me, there are people that make you realize what reality actually is in this country. I'll yeah. say that. And sadly, they're they're needed. Because sometimes we need a reality check. They're just harsh reminders, like, oh, we progressed so far, and then somebody like them do something, and it's like, oh, well, we haven't really come that far. So these two, these two rim jobs of of Republican governors. <laughs> That's just the best way I could put it at this point. Um, yeah. These these idiots are like trying to outdo each other in a competition of who could do the worst shit to people. Um, both of them have sent busloads and, and plane loads of migrants to, I guess, Democratic strongholds. Yeah. Areas so where, where this- the Democrats have, have held... I mean, they've been in charge in in the government for for a good long time. They sent they sent migrants yeah, just strong to support 
and their constituents. Yeah. They sent migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Um, they also sent... The census did that. They sent 50... Uh, I, I believe Abbott sent 50 migrants to literally Kamala's the front lawn of Kamala Harris's... Kamala, see, that's what happened when Frank says it. Kamala Harris's... Uh, Kamala. <laughs> Kamala Harris's front yard like in her front yard like at her home at her actual home where she is living where the vice president always resides he sent these people there and like these people were just left there they were told they were going to go get job opportunities and a whole bunch of other shit and they just bust them there they got out the bus took off that was it okay. and this is also now- this is in this the the Greg Abbott sending them to her lawn was all was pretty much in response to her I believe she was on, uh, I want to say she was on 20. No, she was on Meet the Press. And she was saying that she feels like our borders are more secure. She feels very confident that our borders are more secure. So this was him This was him proving, oh, no, they're not. Look, here goes some migrants in front of your front yard. Okay, a couple things. If you're able to catch the migrants then that means whatever security measures you put in place are working. Now, if you're unable to apprehend anyone at the migrants and people are coming through undetected, unnoticed, then the borders aren't working. So by you being able to capture, I don't want to say capture, by you being able to get these people or to come in contact them. with you, you stop, stop them, them yeah. then that means it's working. One. Two, she is the vice president of the United States. I don't think you should be able to send people to her house like that without something, without you facing some some sort of consequence. Like, and these aren't, if I were to just show up at her house, something would happen to me. I'm, (laughs) I'm sure something would happen to me. Of course. So by you being a member of this U.S. government, by you doing... Something got to happen to you. Like, you just can't do that shit and roll away in your wheelchair and be all good about it. Like, you got to face some sort of consequence. That shit ain't cool. A few things. One, the amount of laws they broke doing this is crazy. Like, this is human trafficking. I don't care what Does you're saying. Does this qualify as that? I, they're still looking into it right now. This is human trafficking. These people were moved without their, without their, consent. without their knowledge. They or were consent. lied to. They were lied to about where they were going. Now, these, and just for, for clarity, these aren't people who snuck into the country. These are asylum seekers. Like, these are people who are applying for asylum to get into our country. There have been mass exoduses from like Venezuela. Like Venezuela said, they, they like it, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think it's like two to three million people have like left the country trying to leave. That's a lot of fucking people trying to get, but they're seeking asylum. They're doing it the, the right way, as Republicans try to say. They're, they're applying, they're trying to get in here. So let's not act like these, you took this busload of people who, who are trying to sneak into the country and you dropped it. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to me that that was a thought. And like this, this dude, DeSantis secured $12 million to relocate. Taxpayer money. 
$12 million of taxpayer money to relocate people. He he threatened to he threatened that he was gonna send them to to and he did to Delaware to send them to Joe Biden's home state so that they could take care of him because Florida's not gonna I, take care of him. And, and I bet he's this is all just people. a ploy. Of course it is. It's a, it's a it's definitely a marketing ploy for their next step in their political run. But I hope whoever's looking into the laws they broke, I hope they they do it seriously. And if they have broken laws, I hope they're they're held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. That shit ain't cool. And they're assholes. Nope. They're, they're the, ridges. the ridges. <laughs> the ridges that catch the shit around the assholes. You use these people as political pawns. It's it's a horrible thing to do. It's a horrible Politics thing. Politics in this country scare me. You know. DeSantis has a shit ton of support, even with all the shit he's doing to the nigga, Florida educational system. Nigga, I know. I see it every day. I keep trying to dispel this whole, you know, Republicans and right-wing people are people who live out in the middle of America and all that. No, these motherfuckers sit next to you every day. They're not necessarily bad people. They just don't think the way you do, and they're sometimes misinformed. But these people are around you every day. This one. All right. We're we both are sports fans, right? You we love our given team. But if there's somebody on that team that ain't pulling our weight, we can easily say, hey, I love my team. This person isn't good for my team. Let's drop them. I don't see how people in politics can't take the same approach. I like this party or this this party core values, whatever it used to be, right? If they can't say, hey, this party isn't representing that, let's drop this this person from our party, or you're not representing our party well, let's find somebody who does. They never do that. It's always They always find somebody who represents the shittiest part of their party and push them to the front. I don't get that. I was listening to Amanda Seals sometime this week. Um, she does this like Instagram live thing where she like talks about the headlines and shit like that. Um, and sometimes I don't agree with everything that Amanda says. Sometimes she takes things a little, a, you know, a step too far. But a lot of times she's pretty well read. Like she's not, she's not just saying shit to say shit. Um, and she brought up the fact that there were people who were getting on her saying, you were telling people to vote for Joe Biden. and Look at where the country is now. And she said, yes, I said that. But I was telling people to vote for Joe Biden, not because I thought Joe Biden was the greatest man in the world. It's because we couldn't do another four years of Donald Trump. I think a lot of people who voted, we all voted that way. I don't don't think any of us were gun-ho to vote for Joe Biden. Those of us who did. We voted because we knew we couldn't do... Like, the damage to this country during those four years under Trump, yes, people want to highlight it and say, oh, he highlighted the worst in America, and he, he, showed, a, he showed a light on a, on a part of society that still exists, and we needed to know it. He, we didn't need to so know much, that shit. We knew that shit. Our country is so divisive, even in, even in like, 
we're so divisive in just regular stance of just having conversation. Like, it's so, like, everything has to be black and white. There is no gray. And a lot of that is based off of how our country, the, the war, what we lived under for four years. She, she also said that there is a Christian fascist movement within this country. One that's really attached itself to the right wing. So her thing was we were voting out this particular type of person so that we can put a halt or at least slow down this movement so that we don't end up under another Hitler. Because that's what that is. Hitler is such a, like, people get so scared when you hear that name. It's like, because it has such a, like, stark negative meaning. And rightfully so. It rightfully so does. But some of that same rhetoric, you're hearing every day. Absolutely. And it's crazy to me that people aren't seeing that. And it and it's and fine. We all can disagree on certain things. I don't think we all should agree. That's why you guys hear me say, I don't think the two-party system works. There should be there should be different coalitions and all sorts of things. There should be so many, at best, we should have at least eight to nine parties really having some real say. That's my opinion. That's fine. You can have your own. But there's a reason why that shit doesn't work. Because you 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 leave you get left with no options. No one's really looking in your interests. It's what can I say to get you corralled into my party? Oh, look, this person doesn't like you, so you have to be with me. That's where we are now. It's black or white. Yeah. Like, going back to what the last point you made about Amanda Seals' uh, uh, points. Um, when we were growing up, we were taught that the pilgrims came here for religious freedom purposes. They wanted to, um, they wanted the freedom to 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 embrace whatever religion without being persecuted. Um, and then when they when they created this country, one of the things that was uh, put in the constitution was the separation between church and state. So you could practice your religion or whatever your religion is is going to stay separate from what the laws of this land were. And lately, you see some of the leaders of this Republican Party saying, oh, there isn't no separation of church and state. This is a Christian country and all of this and that. And it's like... And they always want to point back to the... What the fuck did we learn in school? <laughs> they always want to point back to the Constitution. Everything, it has to be constitutionally this and that. They don't da, da, da. fucking know the Constitution themselves. The only thing they know is the Second Amendment, right? That's that's it. It's like they have... Five talking points, and they 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 repeat those same five talking points over and over and over. I'm gonna say this: so do the Democrats. Them too, absolutely. Same I agree five with talking you. points. They just repeat them, repeat them, repeat them. I agree with you. I don't think the two party system works. It's like they figured out who they who they believe their core demographics are. And they just stick to that. They they try to figure out, okay, who's the largest voting block that we have to entertain? And we're only going to speak to those people. When it comes to black voters, they only say a handful of things that they think appeals to all black voters. And they talk about that bullshit. Yeah. They, we're going to talk, talk about credit. We're going to talk about reparations. We're going to talk about student loans. 
That's it. See you guys next four years. Oh, no, no, no. You f- you forgot one of the big ones that they talk about and they never do shit about. Closing the wealth gap. They never oh, do right. shit about it. You're right. You're but right. they talk about it. Oh, I love That's to say, oh, you know, we're going we're going to visit that. We we have to talk about it. We have to address that. Never address shit. Fuck you. And then on the other side, they talk about the well, welfare queen and they and they scare people with that fair tactic. They talk about um they scare people saying, "Oh, they're trying to get Jesus out of the schools." Dude, little Jesus ain't do nothing to nobody. Leave him alone. I mean, they talk about uh what else? Um, what's another major talking point on the right side? Help me out. I know I'm missing one. Abortions. Oh, small government. Abortions, small government, and uh, taxes. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's, that's their arguments that they recycle. And it's like, dude, y'all don't listen to the fucking people at all. The two-party system is bullshit. And what politics have evolved to in this country is is just a big pissing contest between what feels like two gang members. No, two gang organizations. I don't feel like they represent the people. I don't feel... I don't... At this point, I can honestly say I don't feel there's any person in politics that I feel that are of the people and that represents the people. I just think what politics have come to in this country are a few hidden figures that can push and pull the the faces in these offices. And those are the people that really get shit done in their favor. The rest of us, the, the people who think we have a vote, we don't do shit. It's, it's very bigger. discouraging. It is. There's bigger, there's bigger things at play. Speaking of those same people, I'm sure a lot of those same people had an issue. A lot of that right wing talk, I'm sure a lot of them had an issue with the Little Mermaid trailer. So the Little Mermaid trailer drops this week because you know D23 was just was it was it was it was about a week or so ago they dropped the trailer for the new Little Mermaid movie starring Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. I just want to make sure I say that. Correct. You said her name right. <laughs> I did, but you know you want to catch though because you it, it's so close to Halle Berry. Like it's it's so you just I want to make sure I, I'm, I'm clear about it. And it got extreme praise and extreme hate, racist backlash out of this world. Now there were and the hate has been very loud. Very, oh, hundred percent. As of now. As of Friday, I want to say Friday was September September 16th. As of Friday, the video, the the YouTube has a 1.5 million dislikes. One of the most disliked videos in the history of YouTube. It's fucking crazy. How is that even like what is it to dislike cuz you we haven't seen anything. All no, we hear they've is her, seen enough. All you hear is her beautiful singing, and then they reveal her 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 face and her hair and all of that. Ain't nothing to do with the hair. You said it on the second thing. It had nothing to do with her singing. They saw her face. That that's all they needed to see. 
Because to I, them, if we know who them is, they felt the mermaid should have been a white girl. And she wasn't. And the crazy thing is, when Disney casted for this role, they didn't cast with a race in preference. They wanted someone who could sing, who can who play the character. Who could embody the role. And highly did that. Hallie was the... The director came out and said, we weren't trying to be different or anything like that. We put out a call. Hallie was the first person who auditioned. They saw a slew... They said they saw a bunch of people. She was the first person they saw, and no one could beat her. No one could beat her. What does that tell you? It ain't have nothing to do with anything. Other than this girl embodied the character that they wanted to put out. The version, because it's an adaptation, people, of not, it's not an adaptation of the specific movie you grew up watching. It's an adaptation of a book, of a story written back in like the 1800s. About a fictional character. You can make that character look however the fuck you want it to look. It's not real. These are the same people who, who, had backlash regarding the the Star Wars character. They had the new Obi-Wan show, and one of the main villains was a black woman, and she got a lot of attention in the show. And people were all sorts of racist comments in this girl's... Like, this was a dream for her to star in a Star Wars show and all sorts of racist comments all in her... Like, she had to turn some of her mentions off, some of her comments off on pictures and stuff like that while the show was airing. I believe it. Or even a little bit before that with John Boyega. When John he Boyega. played in his star, his, the Star Wars movie. Lord of the Rings. The new Lord of the Rings thing. People are upset that they're black elves in this show. Or in the House of the Dragon. <laughs> um, the guy who runs House Valerian. He's a black man with white dreads. He received a lot of hate. Because apparently, black people and dragons aren't supposed to coexist in the same time. Want to know something crazy, guys? Dragons aren't fucking real. They never were fucking real. They did not exist. This is a fantasy world. So even in your fantasy world, that's the problem. We are invading their fantasy. And in their fantasy, black people don't exist. So that's why it's a fucking issue. One person even had the nerve to say... You know, a black mermaid isn't isn't scientifically accurate. When I read that, well, when I saw his video of him saying that, I was like, I was just so I was more intrigued than angry at that moment because it's like, what fucking science would you be referring to? I would love to see you put the math behind this and explain it without please explain it without you actually having to say I'm racist. To prove your point, I would love to see the <laughs> mental gymnastics you would have to go through to do that. Without you having to say, "Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just racist." Without you having to say that, please explain the science behind this. Man, all the all the negative racist memes I saw, um, the, I saw somebody post something where it's like the main reason Ariel scientifically can't be black is because she has a father in her life. I've seen all sorts, bro. Those lame ass racist jokes that I have seen so some of the old and dated. The wide nose, the the watermelons, the nappy hair, the 
not having the fun. It's like, damn, my nigga. Like, y'all could at least get creative over the, over a while. Like, nah, nah. Because racism is deep rooted. It's old rooted. It's of course they can't get creative. But you know what I love though? Because I saw the I saw it and I was like, wow, she looks beautiful. She sounds amazing. The rendition of part of that world. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Little Mermaid was like my She's sister's crazy talented. favorite movie growing up. I have seen that movie at least 100 times before I was 10. Right. I have not watched it since <laughs> as an adult. It just didn't, it didn't ring so, it wasn't like my top Disney movie. You going to watch it with your niece though? Oh, I'm going to this Little Mermaid whether I got to go by myself or not. My niece going to go see this. <laughs> Because regardless, it's it's tied to my childhood. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what they do with this story and how this is going to look. The thing I loved about it is all the reactions that, I guess, I don't know, maybe in my timeline and in my algorithm, I see a lot more positive reactions. Because I only heard about the negative reactions through like the vlog, the, the blogs and shit, the trying outlets, to post them. The news outlets, yeah. Other than that, my algorithm was full of young black girls just amazed to see something that I'm sure that they've all watched The Little Mermaid, but actually saw The Little Mermaid look like them. I saw a lot of that too. The that was full beautiful. shock. Girl, a little girl crying, four years old, and connected that, wow, this girl is black. And it's not just the little kids. It's also the people of our generation who have kids now, who probably watched The Old Little Mermaid with their children, and now that you have a live-action rendition of it, it's like, hey, look what Ariel looks like now. And you see the glow on their face as well as their child's face. I think that's beautiful, too. I do. I've seen... I've even seen the little... I've even seen little white kids watching this, and all their responses are, wow. Is that Whitney Houston? No. I saw that one. That one is kind of funny. That one's (laughs) funny, no matter what. But I saw most of their responses like, she's so beautiful. Right. That was interesting. Because racism is taught. It's taught. It's it's taught. It's not something that you just wake up and you don't like black people. All they said was, wow, she's so beautiful. Because she is so beautiful. And she can sing and she's crazy talented. Blew my mind, man. It's amazing what goes on out here. I mean, I have all intentions to go see it with my children. and um, Or maybe they're still young. I'm not comfortable taking them to the movies yet, but definitely they're going to watch Thank when it when the streams. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of babies crying in the theaters. but So when as soon as it streams on Disney+, Plus, we'll watch it at home. We'll make a family event out of it. Like, I love it when my daughter watches stuff that have black young black female protagonist like there's a, a movie on Netflix called Sea Beast where it's a young black girl and she's the main character my wife I mean my daughter watches that movie on repeat and I have absolutely no issue with it she watches that she watches uh the princess uh frog love it princess so when frog. this hit <laughs> you don't like princess frog the princess and the frog black people I call it princess frog the way black people black people like you you even brought up House of the Dragon. Because it's called House of the Dragon. Black people but say... But I call it House of Dragon. It sounds better. But, you know, black people... Like, most black people I heard, they'd be like, House of Dragons. 
Yeah, House of Dragon. That sounds better. There's than no S. The House of There's the no Dragon. S. There's no S. It's House of the Dragon. Black people be like House of Dragons. You watch House of Dragons, and you, you no know, matter what, you always see. When us you do said that. that, I didn't catch the S. I know you. We didn't. put S on every. I put S on a bunch of shit. <laughs> it sounds better with the S. It's like seasoning for words. <laughs> seasoning. We do that. It just is what it is. It is what it is. I'm gonna continue to say it. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just how I go. I look when I saw the meme. I was like, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. I just said House of Dragons a couple times. When I saw it, I was like, oh, is that the actual name? I was surprised when I realized the actual name is the house because when it's, you kept calling it Hot D, I'm like, where's the T? House of the Dragon. <laughs> I thought it was House of Dragons. That's what I would have named it. That sounds better. But this is why I'm not on HBO staff, I guess. No. Thank God. Um, I wouldn't be that bad. I'd be a little bad. If you was on HBO staff? No, you'd yeah, have some good ideas. Shit. You'd have some good ideas. I think your biggest issue would... No, I think, I think you'd do all right. Oh, I appreciate that. I think you'll do all right. I I'd support that. I think you need someone to help hone your hone the ideas that you have and turn them into something because you have good ideas. Yeah, see, I'll bring you on as a partner. It's like, hey, I come up with big picture shit, and then Marvin can help bring me back to reality. Nah, we got we work this. together. We got this. We don't need to work on nothing else. This is it. This <laughs> <laughs> enough. enough. We don't need any more ventures. Right, <laughs> we already titled with enough shit as is. <laughs> as is. Speaking of people who went on on a whole business venture, recently Ray J has been going at it with the Kardashians. Um, I I don't know if you've been under a rock or something, but Ray J has has jumped on Instagram Live a few times the last couple weeks to dispute the way the whole sex tape leaked. Now I know. I know you do understand what released. sparked his his rant on Instagram, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I said okay. the live. Um, I know that this sex tape came out in 2007, and for one, is lame. By the way, of all the sex tapes I've seen in my life, it's it's pretty lame. It's not that great, but and you're and I'm sure you're like, why are we talking? Why are they still talking about this thing from all these years ago? And this is actually. Because of the Kardashians. This isn't because Ray J decided to kick up some shit. The right. Kardashians It's always whole, been their fault. I mean, we all know it's always been their fault. The Kardashians' whole season of their new show that they have now on Hulu kicked off with a whole storyline of Kanye claiming that he went and got the sex tape footage from Ray J. That he oh, went yeah, and got the laptop that. from them. And they, they have... Had multiple interviews bringing it up that that Kanye saved Ray J. I mean Kanye saved Kim from more of the sex tape leaking and this this and that. And Ray J said he hasn't had any of the footage for years. He had to sign that shit over years ago. Years ago, he had to sign it over with Chris Jenner's own handwriting. He was comparing shit. Online, so you could see the handwriting and everything. 
Ray J even released DMs between him and Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner, proving, well, alleged, allegedly proving that they were behind the sex tapes release. Yeah, but what also sparked it was Kris Jenner was on that James Cordon show doing a uh, a polygraph test, a fake polygraph test, which was unwarranted. You had no reason to talk about the tape, but again, <clears throat> it's always been... Oh, there's a reason. It's always been a talking point to there's say... There's a reason. What's that? There's a reason. Tell me the reason why she did it on his show. The reason why we keep talking about this tape is because they keep talking about this tape. Okay. Uh, it, okay. It helps drive their their family drives off like it's all, all of their money is driven off the fact that they stay in the news. So if they're not in the news in any way, and a lot of a lot of shit has been very negative with Kim and Kanye and all that other stuff. If their family doesn't have an ongoing story, then there's nothing to watch with them. Their they whole have empire to stay in the built news. on a house of cards. Oh, 100%. 100%. Tristan Thompson has to go out and cheat. Courtney has to. He has to. <laughs> He's probably contractually <laughs> obligated to go out and fuck other hoes. <coughs> Name a black you man. You say that, but honestly, I, that might be some truth there. Yeah, he has to be out because that's their storyline that he's never gonna do right by her, and she's always gonna be the doting woman who's just waiting for him to finally be good so they can have a family. Yeah, right. It's always to point them in the in the in the better light. And as someone who used to keep up with the Kardashians, I used to really like the show. I liked the fashion of it, you know, just things I. I I I liked Scott because I think Scott is fucking hilarious. He he's probably not the best human being in the world, but he's funny as shit. I went to that club he owned in Miami for a little while. It was a vibe. I ain't gonna lie, that shit was nice. I, it was right there on US One, right across the street from Bayside. It was called Club Mia. Up in there. Yeah, that was his shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or maybe I was watching it, and maybe forgot. I don't know. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope. I don't know. Sorry, y'all. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Kim. Uh, you know, Chris claimed that she didn't negotiate for the release of it. That's really what she was. That really was the question she was answering, that she didn't negotiate it. And Ray J was like, nah, I got. There was a there was she's the one who sent us to go do another tape. Three tapes. To get a better... Because she watched them and was like, oh, this is not good enough. We need to get better. And and I'm not going to lie to y'all. Ray J be saying some wild shit throughout his career. Just, just Ray J in general. He says but some wild shit. he's not a liar, though. I'm sure Ray J does, does have a couple lies in him. I've seen, I seen the way... But we don't view him as a lie. We just view him as a nigga that talks shit. But at no point, it's like, oh, he's always talking out his... Like, when the game or Kevin Gates say something, it's like, oh, this nigga's the talking out his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ray J is not in that conversation. And what I got from him saying that, that by she sent him out to do more reshoots, tells me that first tape must have been lame as fuck. Because what we got... When it was all said and done, I don't care what y'all say. I've seen the tape. You seen the tape, Frank? 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. Of course. I went to barbershops. Of course, I saw the tape. Seeing the tape, I ain't gonna lie to you. It ain't all that. For those who it's haven't not. seen it, it's not. It's, I've seen some but more less, less fortunate people with amateur, with just some amateur, barely some lighting, and they've had better angles. But you gotta understand what the tape was supposed to do, though. So at the time, Kim Kardashian was a socialite, if you will. She was like, she wasn't on the level of Paris Hilton. She was like she one was of the, Paris Hilton's She was Paris Hilton's best friend. She was yeah, she, the side but character. Paris Hilton was the bigger name out of those two is what I'm saying. So you wanted a tape where she's not getting smutted out. She looks sexy in it. And, you know, you, you see a little coochie. That's all that tape did. Showed you a little coochie. Showed her having sex. She looked. She didn't look like she was getting smutted out. She looked a little sexy in it. That's it. You don't want her having a tape out where she's looking like Tiana Trump. Because at that point, it's like, how are you going to take first Tiana all, first Trump? Of all, first of all, first of all, what we not going to do? I not am on not a shaming. Not a, not I on am a not shaming Tiana Trump. Not on a platform that I that I stand on. Are we going to talk bad about no. the young queen? Tiana is Tiana the Trump. only Trump we acknowledge. We we we're we're on the same page with that. I am okay. not okay. Not discrediting her. Okay, but at the same time, we have to understand. She do some whole shit. The way my, <laughs> the way my, she get down. Hey. Ain't no way in hell she's gonna be on the E Network. It's just not gonna happen. All right, Black China. On I'm there. just saying. Say what you want. Say what you want. <laughs> Say what you want. Black China had a whole two seasons. You talk that shit. Black. Nobody gets down like Tiana. Though is what I'm saying. All right. Go ahead. Finish you let me know somebody on TV right now that get down like her. I'm just saying. It's just middle of America ain't ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Go ahead. So that tape did what it was supposed to do. It wasn't supposed to be the hottest shit. It was just supposed to be a little sexy, a little coochie, put her face out there. And that's what it did. He put it on her face, now, but um, <laughs> he did. <laughs> Nigga, what the fuck? Like, he did. <laughs> at that time, well, they fucked up at. he slutted out at that time. Let's be honest. But it wasn't right for that time. I give you that. But where they fucked up at, they sold too much on the lie that the sex tape was leaked and all that. Because even back then, I didn't buy it. And the reason I didn't buy that it was leaked for a few reasons. It had voiceovers. (laughs) Actually, that wasn't one of my reasons. (laughs) I remember picking it up. I was like, but her mouth not moving. So why is she saying, oh, yeah, Ray J? I was like, shit. (laughs) His dick in her mouth. How did she say that? Like, what? <laughs> what the no, fuck? No, that wasn't the get- giveaway for me. The the giveaways for me was who released the tape. The tape was released by Vivid. Vivid is a large, reputable porn company. If you had a leaked video, a company like Vivid is not going to be the one to distribute it. Right. They're, they're, Unless you sign too off much on of it. a liability. Unless huh? you sign off on it. Right. And then, on top of that, they went on record saying they sued Vivid for $7 million. However, after this lawsuit was quote-unquote settled, the tape still stayed on Vivid's distribution list. Now, that quote-unquote settlement was probably the payment for said video. That's how it translated to me. Oh, 100%. And 
Two minute warning. Right. I don't want to talk about this one. <laughs> so with all that being said, when AJ went on his rant, he just confirmed everything I assumed back in 2007. So again, their whole empire is built on a house of cards. Eventually, shit's gonna come crash down. It's only a matter of time before Chris Humphreys comes out and he talks about that whole sham of a marriage he had with Kim too. I'm not gonna lie. I think their supporters don't give a fuck about that anymore. That's why I don't understand why they keep bringing it up. Because I don't think their supporters give a fuck about that anymore. But it's the only thing interesting to... Like... Had they not did this and made Ray J do that, we wouldn't have been talking about him. I guess. But I, I mean... It's to the point where Kanye people... Keep where, them, Kanye keep them up. <laughs> Kanye and Tristan make sure that they stay relevant, okay? Tristan Kanye's get out hopes. the picture now, isn't he? Yeah, but he keep bringing, he keep talking about all her boyfriends. Like every time Kim, the Kim next boyfriend Kanye gonna talk about. But I mean, the shit's still fresh though. They broke up in like July, so he's still hurt. He Who broke up in th- July? Didn't Kim and Kanye break up in like July or some shit? They, it was recent. Like the nigga was, the nigga just sent a truck of flowers to her house for Valentine's Day or some shit like that, didn't he? What do you mean July? She just had a a nine month relationship with Pete Davidson. What are you talking about? They've been together. Well, wasn't Kanye still in that picture? No, nigga. She been with Pete Davidson nine months that were, long? Yeah, they were together for nine months. This whole thing Fuck. with Kanye and the divorce, that's been going on for two. We've been doing a podcast for almost three years, Frank. And they've been breaking up that long? Yeah. Divorces take time. I hope you never have to experience it, but they take I time. I hope so, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It felt like the shit just happened, honestly. No, they, they said they broke up in July. I almost turned around and looked at the camera like, the fuck is he talking... Girl, what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> like, I, they're not real. Well, she just broke. Didn't she just break up with Pete too? She just broke up with Pete. Hmm. I didn't know they was together nine months. So damn, that's a long time. She got another boyfriend already? No, but I'm sure oh. Kanye gonna be mad at the next boyfriend. He stayed bringing her up, even in his whole argument with Adidas and and the Gap that he's going through right now, which I, I'm not gonna get into. Um, but even in that, he says, I mean, he gonna start like, they gonna listen to him from now on. Cause they, they, his new baby mamas, he gonna start treating them like that. So he gonna always find a way to reference her. That's who he is. So they gonna stay in the news. They don't need that. Kanye's Kanye is a, is a, is a engine. He's just gonna keep going. Just let him go. I pray that brother one day gets the help he really needs. I pray the people around him start and stop enabling him, but. And the moment he do, bruh, that music he produces is going to be fire. I don't even care no more. No. Kanye not even rapping no more, so it don't even fucking matter. Um, but when he gets the help, though, he might he might get that good-ass job album. Nah, I, <laughs> he I never going to get go. that album. <laughs> I let that dream go. It's right up there with Rihanna's album and, and Lauryn Hill next album. We never get in those. Yeah. She pregnant now and shit. Oh, no, she had the baby, didn't she? Let me tell you, I don't know what year Frank is living in, guys. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Let me tell you, that's why I have to have to, I have to have the current events. I'm the one who brings the topics. Because Frank don't really be, he don't really be tapped in to nothing. Think, listen, <laughs> Kim and Kanye just broke up to Frank. <laughs> Frank don't know what year we in. As far as he knows, it's 2019. The pandemic's still going. That nigga's still been in quarantine the last three years. Because he keep having babies. He can't go nowhere. Frank, Frank, I don't know what year Frank is in. He's doing, 
I'm talking oh to Frank. Oh my god. This is this is this is some back back to the future shit with Frank. Like I'm talking to Frank <laughs> in the past at this point. <laughs> Apple has a whole new feature now on their phones, apparently, since I did the update. Cause I don't know where this nigga from. So I'm um, guessing she did have the baby. Yes. Yes. Okay. Some months ago we talked about it. <laughs> is her baby the same age with my baby? I think he's older. He Jesus she. Christ. Wow. Uh, before we close, I want to say RIP to, to PNB Rock. For those who don't know, um, PNB Rock was shot at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Um, like most of y'all know, Roscoe's, I don't know if y'all know, because we're from Miami, but Roscoe's is actually located in the hood. <laughs> like, it's one of those places. Yeah, it has a big name, but it's located in the hood. He was shot there um, after eating breakfast, I believe. A lot of people have, a lot of people online have attributed his death to uh, to a post, uh, an Instagram story that his girlfriend put out where she was just posting that she was at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles or whatever. And it's been the, the ongoing narrative, which truly disappoints me is like watching our culture do that shit. But it's been an ongoing nar- narrative that she's the reason he got shot because she put out his location and people like Nicki Minaj who constantly, and I think Frank has said it on many occasions, like who she is, like her actual personality takes away from the legend that she should be looked at. Same with T.I., but conversation for another day. Because she posted the picture, 10 minutes later, he was shot. So people are attributing that to why he was killed. But I don't know about y'all. I've never been to L.A., but I hear L.A. traffic is fucking hell. Right? Yeah, I've been to L.A. It's, it's not the easiest to navigate. There's traffic no... get pretty bad. Just like every other major city. But, right. There's yeah. no way... Somebody saw something on Instagram and could get there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Prepared and ready right. to kill this nigga. <laughs> now, mind you, he's a pretty he's a pretty recognizable character out there in LA. You show up there, it's like I said, Roscoe's in it. Niggas recognize you. It wasn't like that's the only way they could have known that PB Rock was at Roscoe's. There's people standing outside, all sorts of shit. I just find it crazy and kind of distasteful for y'all to blame this girl for for her her child's father's death while she's mourning. It's ridiculous to me. This whole thing of people being social media detectives is it's it does no good. People did it with pop smoke. And it was now but see with pop smoke it was Later proven after they apprehended the people that did it, like, yeah, this is how they found out about which happened but the hours thing later. Is, right. The detectives did the work. You let the detectives do the work. Don't don't jump the gun and from the comfort of your own living room or wherever you are, tweet out this stuff. This young lady has just witnessed the, you know, the father of her child, the love of her life, maybe, get killed in front of her. Like, she's going through a lot right now. The last thing she needs is a whole bunch of people internet detectiving saying, oh, this is your fault. Again, 
we don't, there's so many different circumstances that could have led to that particular moment. As Marvin mentioned, he is a recognizable celebrity. People might have saw his car drive in. People could have saw him walk in a restaurant. People could have then said, hey, he's here. Again, people in the streets are hungry, fam. And if you got money, you always going to look like a male. It is what it is. This doesn't have to mean he was beefing with somebody. Probably somebody saw him as a mark. If I see you out with your family, no security, there's a good chance you might not have it on you. Or if you do have it on, you're going to be a little bit cautious to pull it because you don't want the people around you getting hurt. So if I come and pull a gun on you, before you pull out a gun on me and we get into a shootout where your family members could possibly get hit, you're going to give me what I asked for because you want to get out as safe as possible. That could have probably been it. Oh, he's here with, he's with his peoples. No security. Okay, cool. We're going to run up on him. Whatever the case. I don't, I don't think the number one thing is to have somebody sit and watch someone's Instagram and hope they're in a five-mile <laughs> radius so I can run up on them. Not no. just his Instagram. They watch it. So, so in your story, they're watching his girlfriend's Instagram. Not yours, but in these people's narrative. They're watching his right. girlfriend's Instagram for a shot at wherever they are so they can race there and we're able to shoot him and take his chain or whatever it is they were trying to rob him for and kill him all within 10 minutes. They were re- and they geared up, the- guns ready. They was waiting, watching the Instagram. Oh, she going to post something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about the narrative you guys are, are, are writing in your own head. And then they're saying, yes, th- the posts have a timestamp. But at the same time, I can post a video right now of something I was doing in Aruba months, years ago that will show today's timestamp. Me and my friends, when we post pictures and stuff of us out of town, we don't post that shit I'm right then back and there. Already. I'm usually back already. <laughs> yeah, I'm back at home. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when I first started traveling for work and I'll be at the airport, I would post it then. But then my brother came and talked to me. He was like, look, you travel a lot. You know what? You probably shouldn't post when you're at the airport. You never know who's watching you. By you doing that, you're just telling them, hey, I'm gone. Hey, this is when I'll be back. So I've stopped doing that. If you look at my recent posts, it's not of me traveling no more. It's not that I don't travel anymore. I just don't post it. Because again, you just never know. Not that I'm a celebrity or anything, and not that I have anything you want to rob, but still, you just never know. Yeah, but y'all don't need to know when my when my wife and my kids are home without me. That that ain't they fucking exactly. Business. So again, when you see somebody post, you can you don't have to assume that okay, that's where they are in that exact moment. If I see a picture of you at the club and that post is at eight a.m., do you really think I'm thinking it's dark? 8 a.m. at the club you're at? No, that's probably you last night. You posted it this morning or some shit. But yeah, that that whole image of her and the waffle, that could have been any time. So to pin that on her is wrong. And then the lady, the news reporter who said, yeah, I spoke to the officer. The officer said this, um, that this is how the, the assailants got a hold of his location through her that? Instagram. They don't even have him. That was irresponsible <laughs> as fuck. How do you know these dudes got that information without you capturing the dudes and having them confess to saying, yeah, I was following her Instagram and that's how I got to jump on him? You don't fucking know. You don't even know who did it yet. Catch them first. I agree. It- 
without any real proof. Let the detectives do that. And if they come back with proof, it's, it's, it's another lesson learned. Like, I get that. But in this moment, without any proof, what y'all laying on that, on that girl is crazy to me. That's crazy. Very irresponsible and insensitive. And people with celebrity like Nicki Minaj, like, do better. You have a whole, and she knows, and, and this is the thing that bothers me about Nicki. You know that you have a whole slew of fans who are extremely disrespectful, who are, who go out of their way to dox expose people, pe- dox people. Like, you already know that that's your, and you sick them on people like dogs. Yes. It's completely irresponsible. That lady's 40 something years old. Do better, man. That's also all I can say. Do better. Uh, Charlemagne posted a video uh, of a rapper talking about, you know, Instagram is the new streets. You shouldn't post all. You shouldn't post this and post that. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you, Frank. When I first saw you post this, I was like, see, this is part of pushing that narrative that I don't like. Let's talk In this about moment, it. it seems out of place. In this moment, do I understand what he's saying? And do I agree? Wholeheartedly. But in this moment, I feel like it's helping push a narrative about this woman that I don't think we necessarily should push. I see what you're saying. And I apologize for that if it you came out. You don't apologize to me as because No, you didn't not just you, me. but yeah. I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to to how that message was perceived of me reposting that. But I did agree with it. I hear what um, you're saying. Don't yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not because guess what? When I posted that Turks and Caicos video when I came back from Turks and Caicos, I was home. <laughs> right. I posted that shit from my job days later. But but again, at the same, I don't want that to get misconstrued with this message right here. Right. Don't blame that young lady. We don't and even if that was the case, it wasn't her intentions to get him killed. She was just making an innocent post. So even even if they did get it from her Instagram, she's not a part of that life. She wasn't aware. And that accident is nowhere near on her shoulders. Don't put that blood on her hands. She got enough to deal with. Man, with that said, give me your give me your old school vibe of the week. Do you remember the Living Legends album by MJG and Eight Ball? Yeah, it was produced by Puffy. Came out in high school. You remember that one? I said yeah. I think it's their best album. Yeah, I I, I know it. My old joint of the day is my favorite track your, on that album. Your old forever. school vibe of the week. Go ahead. Old school vibe of the week. <laughs> right. Marvin, we've been doing this 99 <laughs> episodes now. 99. At some point, you're going to... Just let me be wrong sometimes, man. No, just bro. Just let me be wrong. Because I want you to be right. I know one day you're going to be right. And then that day... One day. I'm going to be happy that I stayed on you about it. Just like the spades. One day, Frank, you going to play like a pro. And I'm gonna be I don't happy know if I day. ever make it to y'all table, man. I don't no, know. No, I'm that's not gonna, that's I, I wouldn't let you play with us. But y'all pros, are y'all not pros? Yeah, but I wouldn't let you play with us. What I'm saying is, one day you're gonna be one, mm. and I strive. To, okay. I look forward to that day. Okay, then. But yeah, old school vibe of the week is "Forever" by MJG and Eight Ball featuring Lloyd. Um. This song here is the shit. I don't know how, however else to describe it. 
It has a really long intro with Lloyd singing, but bro, when that beat dropped, this song is straight that fire. Shit drop hard. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's my yeah. shit. I like that shit. Man, that song, that whole album ride. I don't think that album gets enough credit when we talk about old albums that meant something to us. Like that Living Nudging album was the shit. That's when, that's when Puffy was really trying to push Bad Boy South. That was one oh, of his man, acts. Yeah, he had Young Jock. He had Young Jeezy. And um, what was the name of the group Young Jeezy was in? Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. They had that fire-ass single. Remember when they was on Rap City or the Basement? And they was all supposed to freestyle and only Jeezy and um, it was Jeezy and another one. Them the only ones that was able to freestyle and the other two niggas couldn't freestyle. That was good times. Good times. But see, BT don't make content like that no more, so... Oh well, what's your old school vibe of the week? My look, and he asked me the right one. So my old school vibe of the week is, <laughs> I'm always amazed, bro. I'm always amazed. My old school vibe of the week is "Incomplete" by Cisco. This was like probably one of my favorite songs growing up. I used to sing this song all the fucking. I love like this is one of my favorite songs. Such a it's such a well written song. Um. You seem to disagree. No, that's not what I'm disagreeing about. You're absolutely right. I just find it hilarious how a song like this was being sung by a child. Like, there's no reason for you to connect to this type of song as young as you were when this song came out. See, I was, I've always been an R&B head. Like, I know, but again, no reason why you should connect to this song. You know, I don't know, man. I've been, you know, I'm old. I'm old at heart. This My, man is singing to a woman that, without her, his life isn't. He's saying this woman completes him. He wants to marry this woman. He's in love with this woman. Nigga, did you even have a serious girlfriend at the time the song came out? Probably not. Uh, a serious one? <laughs> Nigga, hey, we didn't get serious girlfriends to like maybe senior year of high school. Uh, agree, agree. Um, but at the time. Probably had a girl I liked that that you know it seemed like my life wouldn't have been the same without her. <laughs> you know, to this you know you know what I'm saying like you know without her you know my life was gonna be incomplete. I don't Bruh, know what I'll do without her. When this song came out, if the girl you had a crush on didn't share the same lunch with you, or didn't have not one class with you, that would be considered a long distance relationship. <laughs> you know what? That's real as fuck. <laughs> That's real as fuck. Hey, see, y'all don't even, these kids, like, y'all don't know how it is to just, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk this way to get to class just so I can run into her. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, that shit, I don't have no reason on the second floor. I ain't got no reason to be up there. My other class is across the hall, but I'm just going to walk this way just so I can Bruh. run into her in the stairwell. I'm going to walk by Mr. Axtell because her class is right across from his shit, but my class is on the first floor. And, and with Mr. Tafoni, but I'm gonna walk this All way. These specific ass names. Go See, ahead. you know Adapter, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Got no reason to be in that section of the school, but you walk that way just to see that one person. Good times. Go over there, get you a hug. Oh, you gotta get a you a smile hug, right? And just walk off. Ain't, you know what I'm saying? Ain't much, but it's something. And at that time, that song resonated with me. <laughs> you know what? I give you that. That's when you that's when you thought you knew what love was. 100%, man. What's your new vibe of the week? 
So my new vibe uh, of the week is not that new, fairly new. It fits our new criteria, but uh, it's not. It didn't drop within the past month or so. Um, song I've been listening to lately. It's from Two Thirds of the Migos Hotel. Do we know why they kicked Offset out the group? I don't think they kicked Offset out the group. They just went and started doing their own thing and Offset's trying to do his own thing. Um, Is that not kicking him up? Because they not, it's not, here's the thing. They not going by Migos. They went and started a different group. That's oh, no, not man. kicking them. That's not necessarily kicking them out of the group. They started a different group. That's how they can legally get around it. You gotta think about that. They can't just say we gonna go by the Migos when contracts have been signed. Right. I guess. I mean, his his flow would have been Chef Kiss on this song, but it's still a fire song without him. I, one thing I appreciate about the Migos, their flow has been copied by so many people, but nobody does it right but them. Whenever I hear somebody rapping their style, I get annoyed by it, and it's like, uh. but whenever I hear them do it, the shit be hit. Okay, I don't. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their flow, but I hear what you're saying. Um, not many people do it like them. When they're when they're good, like I don't know. For me, it has to, it has to mesh with the track properly. Because sometimes I think they do it and it's not good. To be honest, like I just don't it doesn't marry with the beat well at all. So, um, but I've noticed on the song. Yeah, it, I don't it, think it that's the case with this song. This song, I think, lends it. This beat lends itself to that flow. It's a it's a bop. Um, I it's. It's not on the top of my list, but I've heard it. It's it's not something I have to change the channel to. Well, my new vibe of the week is uh, Ari Lennox dropped her album this past yeah. week. Um, she has a song on there with Lucky Sweet Day like called Boy Bye. Like it, it's kind of like... Ari, I think this is the album that people are really going to start fucking with Ari. I think people like her enough, but she hasn't taken that step. I think if you go listen to this album, you're going to really fuck with this album. This album, you know, age, sex, location. That's a, a big phrase in our, in, in our coming of age, in our generation. Um, but she has a song in there called Boy Bye with Lucky Day. And it's pretty much the interaction of a guy trying to holler at a girl. Like that very first interaction where she's being coy about it. She's telling you she got, a, she got a boyfriend and all that stuff. And you trying to break through all the barriers of... I'm not fucking with you that that she's putting up. I think you guys should really listen to it. I think she's gotten in her. She worked with a lot of producers, and this is like one of those songs where you kind of feel like you're you're watching a, a scene between two people. Her and Lucky Day, like Lucky Day is like probably the like one of the big new R&B male voices that are out there right now. Um, his last album was really good, uh, the one he released earlier this year. But I think it's it, it's giving me she's giving me vibes of like this generation's Erica Badu slash Missy's R&B type of storytelling. Um, 
And I don't think we're getting that from from many other people. Her voice is unique. That is that is a tall order. Go and listen to it. Go and listen to this album. You're gonna you're gonna hear the inspiration of of of. Because Missy did help write some of it. Um, she did help her with... Because Ari posted a, a board of like 80 songs that she had recorded for this album. I believe this album has 12 of them. But wow. that, people don't realize how much work goes into putting together an album. and A good album. A great album. And I think this is one of those albums. A great album. She's great. This, okay. This is, this is her shit. Like, I, if you... If you don't like her coming out of this album, then maybe her music's not for you. But this is this is this is the shit. You know, just going back to what we were saying earlier, Ari Lennox would have definitely been the type of artist that didn't get a lot of shine on like the MTVs and the VH1s of the world. But BET would have definitely put her on on Front Street. No, they wouldn't. Ari they treated her. They would have treated her the same way they treated. Music Soul Child, NDRE, Erica Badu. So, NDRE ain't never make it to any platform on BET. What I'm saying is, they were never treated as a big deal when they did. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because, yeah, we'll let you come on because you're black, but we're going to play you to the left. Part of mm. the good thing about social media is, if you follow Ari, you get her personality like Ari Lennox is hilarious. Oh, you ever watch her lives? They are hilarious. Ari be talking shit. She be telling like that lady is quick witted. Like whenever you see, if you follow her, go whenever she's on live, f- jump on. They're always hilarious. There used to be there's a Twitter where they used to it used to just be it used to say her Ari Lennox live, and it would just have all highlights. Hilarious. Shade Room used to post her her shit. Cause she's funny. The girl is funny. All right, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, the podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table, and we just chopped it up. I'm your co-host, Marvin, Young Saint, Charles Flexavia, That Man Beyond, and the man to the right of me can only be. The F and F and D, one half of this POD, who else but me, is Frank, and we just chopped it up. You can email us at the Samurai Professionals Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with any comments, questions, and even topic suggestions. Please like, rate, and subscribe on the platform of your choosing. You can reach me personally on just about any social media platform you can think of at I can only be Frank and where can they find you Moff? You can find me on any social media platform at Marvin X Adams and be on the lookout guys. Next episode is a hundred. And as we enter the hundreds, we might do some things that's going to be a little different. And I think you guys are going to like the different. So be on the lookout. Well, you heard it from the man himself. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace. Peace.